25 minutes it is before 9 p.m. As many of us know, Minister Tito Mboweni released a document on August 27 titled Economic Transformation, Inclusive Growth and Competitiveness and framed as a document outlining the uh, series of steps, policy interventions, actions and many other things that we need to uh, get our economy back on a path uh, that uh, is uh, not only sustainable and uh, growing, but uh, a path that is job-creating. And uh, it was published on the National Treasury website and uh, attributed to the Economic Policy Division of uh, the uh, National Treasury. And, uh, you know, we'd hoped, I guess, around the time this, this uh, document was released to catch up with Duncan Peterson. Uh, that uh, didn't happen, but uh, we certainly hope that in the near future, once they've collated their inputs uh, uh, made to this particular document, that they can come back and say, yeah, look, we put this on the table, and these are the views of uh, some of the people who managed to contribute uh, to this particular one. Now, we do know the closing date for comments and contributions was uh, this uh, past Friday, which I think was the 13th of uh, September. And uh, let me know if you uh, contributed to this one or you had your own views. I certainly uh, uh, had my own views that uh, came under much fire uh, at the World Economic Forum. Uh, Many people saying you are too critical. But that being said, what is the future of uh, some of the plans outlined in this document? And uh, the big question we're asking ourselves this evening, does it match up uh, to the scale and uh, the, uh, I guess, uh, the immensity of the needs that our economy faces at this point? And I'm uh, joined now on the line by the Chief Executive Officer at Business Leadership South Africa, uh, Busima Vuso, also joined by the Founding Director at the Centre for Economic Development and Transformation, and that is Duma Kubule. Busi and Duma, good evening to the pair of you, and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Yes, hi, hi, Ebonga, how are you? Very well, thank you, very well, thank you. And, uh, uh, Sisposi, let me start off with you. Uh, I mean, I I had an opportunity uh, to bump into you at the World Economic Forum and also had an opportunity to to read some of your own comments about, uh, I guess, uh, what role all of us ought to be playing in response to this document. And uh, you made it very clear that uh, let's at least coalesce around the ideas we agree with. Uh, and if we, uh, we see those ideas as some form of minimum program, it's all pulling the, uh, in the same direction. And uh, what do you make, I guess, of uh, the sort of mixed reactions that have, uh, uh, have uh, uh, I guess, met this kind of uh, report and uh, this kind of uh, document uh, as it was released towards the end of last month? Thanks, Ayabonga. So this document comes at a time where, let's be honest, there's been a stalemate in the country, right, in terms of the direction that we ought to be taking to turn our economic trajectory around. Mm. There's been a paralysis um, in terms of direction. You know, there's been um, no one who has actually dared, at least from a government perspective, right, to point out in the direction which we ought to be going. And I think... The, the the critical thing for it for me is that this that Tito has put together is actually nothing new, right? It's a compilation of all, you know, our views. And when I say all our views, I guess in the form of social partners, in the form of uh, the SMME constituency, in the form of certain industries and so forth and so forth, in terms of what needs to be done to start creating movement, right, and to start actually uh, ensuring that the economic breakthrough, you know, where we need it the most as a country. So it's easily implementable policies from a microeconomic level that are low-hanging fruit. And I think I like the fact that government, for the first time, you know, in a long time, is actually um, trying to enable, you know, if I may call it that, 
and they're actually providing foundations from which we can build, you know, uh, the roadmap to our economic revitalization. And I think it is key for business, Ayabonga, because um, never mind the specifics, right? Because the reason why uh, Tito has actually called for input into this paper is precisely so that we can have the discussion on the specifics. But, but surely so this the, the, the specifics, specifics yeah, yeah, but surely... Surely the specifics have material trade-offs implicit in them and uh, have a material bearing on whether or not we can recover from this crisis or whether or not we'll find ourselves in this continuing lull, least of all from an output perspective. And I absolutely agree. So the specifics are actually key as well. So I think if you want to go into the specifics, the document doesn't start anything new. It actually hubs on the same five NDP themes towards the growth reform agenda. Okay. So it seeks to put the National Development Plan at the center of our economic, you know, strategy as a country, as it were. You know, because it speaks mm. about the infrastructural reforms. It speaks about, you know, the low barriers to entry in terms of the distorted patterns of, uh, patterns of ownership uh, and increasing competition. You know, it speaks about the barriers to entry by reviewing red tape for SMEs. It speaks about the export competitiveness and it speaks about the intra-regional uh, mm. logistics and ensuring that we promote the free trade, you know, in the area uh, as, as it has been done now sure. for, uh, by Ibrahim Patel and other cases. So I guess if you want to talk specifics, then these are all the things that we keep on saying. I mean, from an SME perspective, for instance, I have always been saying that um, the growth of this country or the economic growth of this country is going to come from a focused and intentional and deliberate, you know, support of SMEs in this country. Mm. Because we know that as big business we've actually reached our plateau in terms of creating jobs. So if you want to talk about job creation, there is this very interesting set, you know, which talks about how the SMME sector is actually uh, put together at the moment. And it says, it says that from the SMME enterprises, the medium enterprises are only 3%, you know, of that uh, constituency. And the 3% medium enterprises are responsible for like 30% of employment. So can you imagine if we were to be deliberate about removing some of the red tape, you know, about dealing about mm. oligopolies in this country okay. and allowing, allowing SMEs into sure. fold, you know, then if we were to just hold the medium enterprises from to 50%, can you imagine the Yeah, I want us to pause there for a second and take a quick spot break. When we come back, Pratuma. Uh, 17 minutes it is, and under the microscope this evening, 17 minutes it is, uh, before 9 p.m., under the microscope this evening, we're taking a look at uh, that uh, economic recovery plan coming from the uh, National Treasury, and we're asking ourselves, does it shape up as an effective response uh, to the uh, depth of the crisis that we have uh, from an economic, social, and a political perspective? I'm joined on the line by uh, a business leadership CEO, business leadership South Africa CEO, Busi Mavuso, also joined by the uh, founding director at the Center for Economic Development and Transformation, and that is Duma Kul. Brad Duma, you would have heard uh, some of the uh, comments that uh, Busi was making there, uh, which uh, was around saying, look, yes, uh, the details are there, and uh, I guess uh, the uh, devil might be in uh, some of the vexing and uh, contended detail, but uh, really it's about time for all of us uh, to push in the same direction. Some of these ideas aren't necessarily new, and uh, it's just that now we need a much clearer articulation of these ideas with the National Development Plan. Surely you would agree with that. Um, I, the reception was really bad, but, you know, let me just highlight one issue that I think hasn't received much media attention. This document has a colorblind definition of economic transformation that perfectly illustrates the 
it's deeply problematic mm. race politics. Well, it says we're non-white, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, listen, it says the strategy, I'm just saying, the strategy has everything to avoid using the term black. It refers to black people as a non-white majority. This mm. offensive and hurtful language that defines black people in the negative harks back to the days of apartheid when there were segregated facilities for non-whites and knee blankets. Later, they use the term previously disadvantaged South Africans, which does not appear anywhere in the country's B laws. So I think that the National Treasury must dispense with these. Um, they also introduce false binaries between transformation and competitiveness. And throughout the document, there's this, they say black economic empowerment is a cost of compliance for SMEs, which mm. is absolute nonsense. It is blatantly untrue and misinformed. And everywhere throughout the document, they know they're not deliberate about empowering black people. There's more, no mention of empowering black people in network industries. All the recommendations on lowering barriers to entry uh, to address the distorted patterns of ownership, promoting SMEs and leveraging public procurement are colorblind. Now, how can you have a discussion around changing the ownership of our economy without mentioning black people. The same applies to other sections of the strategy that deal with boosting agriculture and tourism, industrial and trade policy. The paper says zero about the need to leverage private sector procurement where the, where the laws allow companies to hide behind the veil of B certificates that do not reveal the real value of procurement to black people. So I'm just saying throughout the document, they have to rewrite the document, make it in line, the entire document, with the black economic empowerment policy and that's the first thing, and that's you know there's so much that is wrong with this department. I mean this this document by Airborne. And then the second thing I want to say is that there's part where I agree with Musi um, in the beginning. Now, under normal circumstances, within the context of a reasonably healthy economy that is showing decent rates of growth, this paper would not have been controversial. But we are in the midst of the deepest post-apartheid. Um, economic crisis, and which should be seen against the huge public expectations of a growth strategy that would get us out of this crisis. But if you look at it at that point, it is totally underwhelming. It is not a growth strategy, I have to say that. It says nothing about using macroeconomic policy tools to achieve its objectives. It covers a limited set of issues in a limited number of economic sectors. The majority of recommendations are not new. It highlights the building blocks of growth, I think about six of them, and then it says nothing to address most of those issues. And most of the issues that it talks about have been stuck in bureaucratic processes for many years and more than a decade in many cases. For example, I used to advise the Department of Transport 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and we're talking about introducing competition in rail and ports. So these are just repackaged mm -hmm. policy interventions that are featured in numerous state of nation addresses by three of our country's past presidents. Do and I, I could go on yeah, and yeah. on. I mean, I mean, I guess. First of all, yeah. wait, wait. I mean, let's engage okay. what you what you're raising around network industries, and I think many people would agree, and even Susi would agree that we do need sort of much lower uh, input costs for many people who use those. Uh, uh, network industries uh, to get whatever products either to the market or receive their inputs. So we agree on that. But uh, let's maybe touch on some of the more contentious issues. Industrial policy, the issue of spectrum, uh, and on those two areas, which uh, aren't necessarily the traditional domain of the National Treasury, uh, some interesting things said on industrial policy. They're saying we need fewer sectors for targeting than what we have at the moment. And then when it comes to the issue of spectrum, saying... Uh, from an allocation perspective, that uh, it's an auction that's synonymous with investment and probably uh, not so, I guess, uh, supportive of 
the wholesale open access network that many people have been calling for. What's your view on that? Okay, first of all, let's talk about the reprioritizing. By the way, I've done, I've done a forensic on this document here. So let's talk about the prioritizing of industrial policy. Mm. Now, that takes place within the context over the past six years, a 19% decrease in, in the allocation to the DTI's incentives. So already we've had the incentives be cut by 20%. So by default, we have, they have already been reprioritizing it. Now, Spectrum, I met with the CEO of a large telco company, and he made the point that this is not a game-changing um, this allocation of Spectrum. It's going to add 20 billion rands a year, additional investment to the economy, and half of that will be the export of capital to pay for imports, and the other half will be digging holes to put the fiber under our things. So now the, now let, the last thing that I'm going to talk about in this, the strategy is that the numbers don't add up. In the one section where they talk about um, GDP growth using the expenditure method, mm. they say 2.3% growth. And the other side where they talk about it using the production method, they say 5.4% growth. And the entire growth comes from growth in what? In t- transport, storage, and communications, 10% a year, which is completely implausible. And then also growth in finance. Uh, real estate and business services, which is 8.4%. So it advocates the further financialization of the economy and the entire growth on the production side comes from skills-intensive industries. And then according to Mm. its own projections, it will result in a collapse of primary and secondary industries uh, of a huge magnitude, yeah. Okay. I want us to pause there for a second. Sisbusi, I'll give you an opportunity uh, to respond to uh, some of the issues that Tumayo was raising and also uh, use this opportunity to uh, reach out to some of our listeners. Give us a ring here on 89 What do you make of uh, this economic recovery document that has come out of the Economic Policy Unit at the National Treasury? Uh, you might have your own views and uh, you might uh, have views that are similar to those uh, shared by my two guests or disagree with them. I'd love to hear from you. Let's take this brief break and on the other side we continue. The Department of Basic Education, in partnership with SABC Education, are celebrating literacy this month by hosting the annual National Spelling Bee competition on the 21st of September 2019. The National Spelling Bee is aimed at improving learners' performance in languages, especially English. And this year, 27 spellers from grades 4 to 6 across the nine provinces will battle it out to be a top 2019 national speller in the competition. SABC Education, enriching minds, enriching lives. Seven minutes it is before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation and we're having a chat about uh, the uh, economic uh, recovery document coming out of the economic policy units at the National Treasury. I'm joined by Tumak Kubule and uh, Busi Mavuso. And uh, Sis Busi, I'd, I'd love to hear your perspectives, uh, certainly on what uh, uh, Tumak has shared uh, and uh, some of his own views, uh, be it around uh, the expenditure or income method of um, calculating GDP that has been used here, right through to what he feels is the auctioning of spectrum, which would be a blunt tool in relation to, I guess, uh, the crisis that uh, this kind of uh, policy uh, ought to and has to respond to. Hi, Sis Musi. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was yes, 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 sorry, yes. Sorry, yeah. yes. Sure. So, Ayabonga, I think the fact that these recommendations are not new is precisely what is good about this paper, right? Because can you imagine if we were to start putting something new on the table when these existing suggested reforms have actually taken so long to implement? So if all of us as a country have been calling for the same things, 
then for me, it says that there isn't much debate that we're going to have to have, especially if this is centered on the National Development, National Development, National Development Plan, which we have all agreed that is actually our North Star, you know, in terms of moving this economy along. Then for me, it says that there shouldn't be this much debate about this. If we're saying that these are repackaged policy interventions, it also says to us that we have never implemented any of these things before. So for me, it is about time that we start making some decisions because decisions are going to have to be made now. So trying to, and I'm not saying that we mustn't come up with any new ideas, right? We should be coming up with new ideas, but I'm saying that where we find ourselves at the edge of a precipice, where we have to be making decisions as in yesterday, where we have the credit rating agencies that are actually going to be pronouncing mm. on the 1st of November, where we have the medium term budget speech coming up, you know, in a few weeks, you actually want to take issues that you already have consensus on, you know, or at least the majority of the country have consensus on, and say how do we actually implement that. So the fact that they are low-hanging fruit, mm. for me, is actually what is brilliant about this. So, Sisbos, so in your view... saying that the $20 billion, mm. only going to re- release about $20 billion into the GDP, yeah. or rather into the fiscal, then the deficit that we have in this country is $14.6 billion. So don't those numbers add up? So even if the impact of some of these interventions is not going to be a large gauge from a numbers perspective, but I think we are currently living from borrowings as a country. Our tax revenue for the past five years have actually, we've actually been on a shortfall. We have met our tax revenues for the past five years. We're sitting with GDP that has not touched 2%, you know, for the past, uh, 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 seven years, you know, so we need something to break this stalemate. Mm. And if it means that we start implementing that which we've been talking about, that we have done nothing about, then I'm actually all for that because it means there's little discussion because we've been discussing it for all these years. Okay. But more importantly, Ayabonga, it's going to give strong signaling in terms of where we're going as a country because at the moment there's a lag, you know. Markets are based on, 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 on certainty, Ayabonga, and the lack thereof is problematic. So if we are not going to be sending signals in terms of the direction that we're taking as a country, and we're actually going to be remaining mum, you know, it's problematic for me. And I hear too much concerns around this document being colorblind, but you see, the reason why you have triple P in this country, you know, and the legislation that seeks to focus companies on ensuring that the whatever interventions that they have in place are actually supporting uh, 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 the, 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 the previously disadvantaged, then it says for me, the focus around SMEs, therefore, you know, if you want to score the maximum points on enterprise and supply development in terms of the triple PE, mm. then you should know as an organization that the SME interventions that you need to be putting in place in line with this plan is going to have to focus yeah. on that. Okay. Do I agree that it needs to be silent? No, I don't agree. Sisbus, agree Sisbus. Should have been more sure, sure. I want us to maybe pause there because I also want to give uh, Duma an opportunity to respond and uh, I guess we're quickly running out of time here. But I think even you would agree. I mean, uh, the use of non-white there, especially, I mean, you know, uh, the 12th of September was just a few days ago. It uh, certainly uh, is uh, probably for me one of the most gutting things in this particular document. And uh, I, I wonder what kind of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, editorial oversight was exercised over it before it was released. But uh, we'll come back to that issue, Duma. Uh, your responses to uh, some of the things that Usus is raising, saying there's low-hanging fruit here. There's things on which we've already agreed in the past. Let's coalesce around those issues and move forward. 
Okay, quick one. I, I heard Busi talk about SMMEs. Now, this document's got a huge problem in terms of SMMEs. What they say is that um, there's enough funding for SMMEs. All we have to do is to market government programs well. Now, Ayabonga, you write a lot about SMMEs. You will know that that's grossly untrue. The National Empowerment Fund has not been funded for more than a decade. Mm, they're looking for capitalization, well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Small Empowerment Finance Agency... 1 billion, 1.3 billion in the last year for all South Africans. Um, the, the Department of Land Reform has now increased a budget for emerging farmers for land reform. That's welcome. But I don't think anyone in their right mind can say there's enough funding for SMEs. Now, the other thing that wasn't mentioned a lot in this uh, public discourse is that the president in the State of the Nation address said there will be no privatization. This thing goes further than Anyone has ever said there is wholesale privatization of ESCOM. And I know Bruce is on the board of ESCOM. Nobody, there's no way they can agree to that, to sell every single power station. But the statement is also misleading in the sense that the majority of the value of those power stations that they want to sell mm. relate two-thirds of it, actually. I, saw, I did the numbers. Yeah. relates to Kusile and Mudupi which haven't been finished. They'll only be finished by the end of 2023. So you can't, so it misleads us to think that we can sell these power stations for 450 billion mm. rands and pay the debt. Okay. That is not how it works. Pratuma, yeah. we'll have to uh, leave it there. Just, let me give you the last word, and I guess it's on this issue of uh, uh, the, the fire sale, potentially, of uh, some of our coal stations. Uh, uh, what is your view on that? Do, do you think that that's something as as a country, we agree on that one, and uh, that's maybe potentially one of the low-hanging fruits here? Um, I have a to my and I agree. This document is getting the country to talk about the things that we ought to be talking about, which is SMEs, which is youth unemployment, which is the red tape, which is ESCOM. It actually lays out the what and the how has been called for the reason why the minister is called for comment is so that we can discuss the how. But to my and I agree, it's touching on the critical issues that we ought to be discussing in this country. Okay, we'll have to leave it there and uh, certainly hope that uh, the uh, engagement in the Festival idea of Ideas continues uh, on this front. Uh, BLSA's uh, CEO there joining us, uh, Busi Mavuso, uh, speaking to us this evening, also joined by the founder at the Centre for Economic Development and Transformation, Dumal Kubulo. Uh, thank you to the pair of you for joining us uh, this evening here on uh, Metro FM Talk. One minute it is after 9pm, that's where we're going to have to leave it. Uh, the man with the music is already here and Settler's going to be with you from 9 to midnight. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Aska kribi, ukuibanga, le economy.